entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got it. Welcome to the Business Builders Show. I'm thrilled you have decided to join us today. I'm Marty Wolf, and along with my sidekick, Carrie Carney, and our producer, Tom Jenkins, we are going to do our best to inform, educate, and inspire you, our audience of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and anyone who is seeking excellence in their personal and professional lives. Today's show is about thinking and acting with more depth than some of us have become accustomed to. Thrown out that challenge pretty early, huh, guys? That's deep. That's deep. <laughs> I That's have no deep. idea what you mean. Okay, well, let's st- stay tuned. <laughs> okay. Okay? <laughs> Listen, our world moves fast. So I ask, are we like the pinball machine that makes a lot of noise? Uh, you guys are old enough. You remember, People still play the pinball machines, don't they, Tom? Love pinball. All right. So it makes a lot of noise, yes. right? A lot of fun. A lot of bells. So, lot, right. Makes a lot of noise. But at the end of the day or the end of a year, and we ask ourselves, we made a lot of noise, but did we do meaningful work? What would be our answer? So our guest today is John McClellan. He's the CEO of Palladium Group. John is going to talk with us about the Balance Scorecard, which is a performance management tool all of us can apply in our businesses, but it'll take some thought and meaningful steps in our businesses. So, thinking and acting with more depth than some of us have become accustomed to. So, to start that, Carrie, we found um, an article or part of a blog from one of my favorites now, Carrie, absolutely, Cal Newport, and his book is So Good They Can't Ignore You, Why Skills Trump passion and the quest for work you love. I love Cal Newport. He's a great friend of the show. Great interview. And he has a great blog. So he asked this question. Should you work like Maya Angelou or Eric Schmidt? Now, I have to explain this because we go back and forth between authors. And his blog starts with something he read from a political writer named David Brooke. And it says, hey, it started political, but it, um, it, it didn't start. It ended political. But it starts with uh, a discussion or a long digression on the routines of famous creatives. And David Brooks writes about Maya Angelou, which most of us should recognize that name. Poet, author, author recently passed away, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, a, little, a little tidbit about her she was up by 5 30 a.m and writing by 6 30 in a small hotel room she kept just for that purpose they mentioned another gentleman carrie you're you're into uh, novelists you may recognize these next two names john cheever Mm -hmm. who is american uh, american writer and novelist he'd write every day in the storage unit of his apartment by the way he was in his boxer shorts while he was doing that Okay, we see reaction in the studio. Okay, next person is Anthony. I'm going to pronounce this, uh, I'll spell it, T-R-O-L-L-O-P-E. Trollope? Trollope. Trollope. Mm-hmm. And he was an English novelist. Um, how about this? He would write 250 words every 15 minutes for two and a half hours while his servant brought him coffee at precise times. This is thinking and acting. 
So continuing on, again, Cal Newport's blog, but we are referring to an article from David Brook. And he quotes uh, somebody else uh, called Henry Miller. And he says, quote, I know that to sustain these true moments of insight, one has to be highly disciplined, lead a disciplined life. Disciplined life. It says also, great creative minds think like artists, but work like accountants. Let me say that again, because we're talking about thinking and acting with more depth. Creative minds think like artists, but work like accountants. Now, Cal puts it in. Y'all with me so far here? I'm here. Y'all with me? You with me so far? I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay. I'm paying very much attention to this. Excellent. Cal puts it in his words, and his blog is called uh, Study Hacks. And here's what he says. Deep insight requires a disciplined commitment to do work. Now, here's the question we have to ask ourselves. Do we want deep insight? Do we even want it? In our world that moves fast. Let that one sink in for a minute and let's keep talking. It's certainly polarized to the way our society is focused on instant gratification. That leads us to our next point. Gary, a good segue. There's a gentleman by the name of Eric Schmidt. uh, Thus, the title of the uh, blog, Should You Work Like Maya Angelou or Eric Schmidt? Now, Eric Schmidt is the top dog at Google. Uh, I think he's president CEO. And this piece... Uh, take something right out of Eric Schmidt's latest book is how Google works. And the, here's what it says right out of this book. I'm quoting it. Respond quickly. There are people who can be relied upon to respond promptly to emails and those who can't. And I'll add or won't strive to be one of the former. Most of the best and busiest, busiest People we know act on their emails. Now, this is coming from Eric Schmidt of Google. Act think, quickly on their emails. Act, act quickly on their emails. So think back to what you just said, Carrie, in our fast-paced world, in our world of um, not maybe not thinking and acting with depth, right? Yeah, and it, it does kind of go against the grain. And some of the things that we talk about on the show is not, uh, you get an email, open it up. You know, take your eye off the ball and you're just going back and forth. And then again, that leads to a high level act of a high level of activity. But are you really producing anything that I have it in my notes here? We are equating most of us the old saying of uh, confusing activity with results. This whole idea really confuses Cal Newport, who is a Georgetown University assistant professor, a deep thinker, and blogs about being thinking deep. And he goes on to say in here that um, there is this disconnect between we may say we want deep impact in our companies and deep thinking in our companies, but we're rewarding and we're talking about All that activity, responding to emails, going from place to place to place quickly. It's hard to think and act deeply in the world that we have right now. And he also points out, especially in the world of Google and places like that, that uh, Eric Schmidt may like the idea of creative insights in the moment, but more than likely, they like the convenience of a quick response. Because that's what their world is. That's what they're expecting. I love this. I'd work love from to Cal see Newport. what Eric Schmidt's day looks like. 
He would probably be bombarded with emails. And does he drop everything and respond? Or is he thinking deep to make sure Google still meets the street uh, Great. with the stock price and everything else they have to get done? Great thought. Because if you're answering emails 24 hours a day, can you really be a strategic thinker? The answer is no. By the yes. way, I'm, I'm going I'm going out on a limber. The answer is no. Small business people, entrepreneurs, you've got to think about this. Responding quickly to emails and responding quickly to whatever's going on in the moment may not be the right thing for your company. So think about this. Log on to Cal Newport's blog and get the information from him. You will love this way this young man thinks, and uh, it's just great. So we need to wrap up segment one of the Business Builder Show. We're going to be right back with our interview with John McClellan of the Palladium Group. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving. But my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychex right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab is going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? He said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. (laughs) This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the seven tenets of Taxi Terry. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builders Show. Our special guest today is John McClellan. John is the CEO of Palladium Group, and he oversees the firm's global strategy and operations. He was a managing director in the portfolio operations at Thomas H. Lee Partners, one of the oldest and most successful private equity firms in the world. Mr. McClellan began his strategy consulting career at Monitor Group, where he was on the board of directors, CEO of Monitor's software division, regional operations officer for the North American and Asian practices, and the leader in the cost management and wargaming consulting practices. Mr. McClellan holds a BA in political economy from Williams College and an MBA with high honors from Harvard Business School. John, thanks for joining us on the Business Builders Show. 
I'm delighted to be here, Marty. John, we're going to talk about and focus on what's called the balanced scorecard. First of all, tell us what that is and what's the big deal about it? Sure. Okay. Well, the balanced scorecard has been around for about 20 years. And interestingly enough, it was my cost accounting professor from uh, from business school who co-developed it along with uh, Dave Norton. And their thesis was that organizations focus on financial measures. Mm-hmm. And financial measures are great. You need to have them because at the end of the day, did you make money? Did you lose money? Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at financial measures is a little bit like you know reading the scores of yesterday's NFL games on Monday morning morning Mm -hmm. and not knowing what happened in the games. So the idea of the balanced scorecard was to put together a set of measures where a leadership team could understand what is happening in their business live such that they can modify direction, improve their strategies, take action to improve performance so that when you do get to the financial measures, your outcomes, those are better off. So the balanced scorecard would be a way of thinking about what are the inputs, what are the leading indicators of success so that you have much better control over the outcomes, your financial measures. What would be some of those items that you're describing, John? Sure. So the balanced scorecard begins with financial measures, of course. So again, we have to know what our objective function is. We have to know the outcome. Uh, But then the financial measures would then be uh, best understood by what are we doing for our customers? Are we delighting our customers? Are we winning market share? Are we meeting their needs? Okay. Mm -hmm. So below the financial perspective, then you'd have the customer perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are, those are outcomes. But then you say, well, if I'm going to be delighting my customers, if I'm going to be growing market share, what the internal processes that our business needs to be great at. Mm. So if, if we're making widgets and, uh, and customers like to have new features on their widgets every, every six months, we have to be great at product development. Um, if we're producing, I don't know, we're, we're producing some generic thing where it's all about cost, we have to have a relentless focus on cost improvement. So what are our cost improvement processes? So basically, you would have a set of internal processes that you would be measuring as well. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in order, if we're going to be successful at our internal processes, our employees have to be continually developing their skills. We have to, we have to have ongoing customer, I'm, I'm sorry, we have to have ongoing employee improvement. They have to be, they have to be growing, they have to be learning. Uh, we need a culture which is focused on the right things. If we're Apple, we need a culture of innovation. If we're Walmart, we need a culture of grinding out costs. So you, so you need a supportive culture as well. So those are the kinds of things that you'd be measuring in your, in your learning and growth perspective. Hmm. So if my people are learning and growing, they're going to be doing a better job at the processes, which means they're going to be delighting our customers, which means at the end of the day, we should be seeing our financial measures improve. John, you have an extensive background in business from all over the world. What the word, therefore, the word balanced, I guess, as opposed to just the financial, which is the past, uh, the word yes. balance is adding these other elements to it. What what mistakes have you made in your experience, or not you made, that you have seen with other <laughs> well, companies? Well, i made plenty of my own. Yeah, well, I, I didn't mean it that way. You, Of course, you know what I meant. Well, what what have no you seen? Yeah. <laughs> no offense taken. No offense taken. There you go. A host mistake. In your history, in your past, working with companies what what mistakes have you seen them uh, make well, you know, there's, they, they fall into different categories. One common thing we see is that most organizations try to measure too many things. Mm. Um, and, I mean, you know, with computers and with 
financial packages and with Excel and all that. I mean, you can be measuring literally thousands of things. There's an organization we've been working with where we came in there and the CEO every week got a report with 2,000 different measures on it. Mm. I've absolutely no idea what a CEO is going to do with 2,000 measures. Just right. have no idea. Right. Um, so we, we really think that organizations should try to cull things down to, you know, what are 30 to 50 things that if you, if you look at your different scorecard dimensions, um, if you have four perspectives and let's say we've got five different things happening in each of them, you know, you want one or two, maybe three measures of each one so that you, there's 30 things that we're focusing on. I mean, we, we don't want to have a dashboard that is unbelievably confusing. Mm. So so getting the right number of measures is important. You know, another problem organizations run into, and this doesn't just deal with balanced scorecards, this deals with, that, with right. anything, right. Is, is that you, know, you read the latest business book and that's okay. the flavor of the month. I love that. Talk and, about that. Yeah, Go ahead. And so you, this is something where it requires discipline. You have to stick with it um, because you can you can go and establish your scorecard. And let's look at Palladium scorecard. We establish a set of measures every couple of years. And then as we improve, some of the measures become, you know, we're so it doesn't pay us to keep tracking that one because we've got it nailed. What's the new thing we're going to measure? Or you may hypothesize this thing is important and then you get six months into it and it's not important. Mm -hmm. So you have to recognize one, it takes discipline. You've got to stick with it. And two, it's going to evolve. You're not going to get it 100% right the first time. Mm. Um, so, so that flexibility and adaptability. And then the other problem I see with organizations is that they've created a scorecard that's great. Nothing changed. Oh, well, okay. that's right. I mean, right. you have to have a process where those people who are responsible for the outcomes get together and talk about, okay, what outcomes did we see? Let's drill down. Which ones are red? Let's drill deeply into the red ones. I mean, we'll celebrate some green ones. That's great. Yep. Congratulations. But let's focus on the red and not, not as a punishment exercise, but in a, how do we go about improving this? And mm -hmm. so having that, having that discipline to um, get together, review your strategy on a regular basis, basis, review the outcomes of your strategy, review the measures that are shaping the outcomes uh, on a regular basis. That's a critical thing. So you need a management process to make use of the balance scorecard. The balance scorecard by and of itself is it's like any other measurement. You know, yeah. if you don't do anything with it, it's you know, it's 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 a nice report. Right. You mentioned the word dashboard, and I know that's part of the the word wording that we use. Uh, go a little deeper on that thought process. Is that uh, another word for KPIs, or am I way off on that? No, no, no. You're you're, you're spot on. So so basically. Um, at an organization level, you know, your CEO would want to have not a thousand, but you know, right. 30, 40, 50 metrics that, that he or she is tracking. And, you know, depending on the organization and how they work, I mean, that could be an online platform, that could be a distributed report. Um, I think the, the, the thing is with dashboards, you want a manageable num number of measures, and then you also want the um, reporting cycle to reflect the decision cycle. So if you you are a CEO. CEOs are not making decisions that change the day-to-day -day performance of the company. They're making decisions that change the long-term performance of the organization. So, 
Um, on the other hand, if you are running a production process in a you know in a, in a uh, silicon chip manufacturer or something like that, you know you need up to the minute statistics in terms of you know the mm-hmm. the, the defect rate, the production rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking you know injection molding, another thing where you know tracking you know minute by minute variance in the mold temperature can determine you know are you going to have a good output? Are you going to generate a lot of scrap? So your dashboard should be specific to the cycle of the decisions you're making. Um, but it should also make sure that it's not overly cluttered. You know, you make sure that it's the, you know, the levers, the big levers that you need to uh, uh, move in order to get the results you need. John, we need to take a short break, but when we come back, what you made me think about, and I want to get a little deeper on this, because you uh, talked about some some measurables that apply in manufacturing primarily and but that's the question i'm going to have and i want to get a little deeper on does this apply to only certain industries or is it across the board and in this dashboard who should see the dashboard and that's the kind of information i want to get a little deeper on when we come back we are speaking with john mcclellan and he is the ceo of the palladium group uh working uh, is the palladiumgroup.com i believe is the website right john the palladiumgroup.com that's correct hey we'll be right back after this short break on the Business Builders Show. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving. But my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks. And we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychex right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277. For your next regional or national meeting, are you looking for a professional facilitator to keep things on track so your meeting meets the objectives? Have you assembled a group of subject matter experts for a panel and you need a moderator who is skilled in keeping the conversation focused on what really matters? Do you want a speaker for your next meeting who will engage the audience in a way that makes the meeting fun and memorable? Marty Wolf of the Business Builder Show is available for your next important event. You can contact him at 570-815-1626. Marty has facilitated hundreds of meetings in all kinds of settings. He has interviewed hundreds of CEOs, authors, professional speakers, and thought leaders from many different industries. Planning an important meeting? Want to feel confident you will achieve the results you planned for? Then call Marty Wolf at 570-815-1626 or log on to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. Informing, educating, and encouraging. The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. We are speaking with John McClellan, and he's the CEO of the Palladium Group. John, where we left off, uh, I asked you if this balanced scorecard thought process um, applies to any particular industries or in any particular countries. Or So just explain that to, uh, to me and to our audience. 
Sure, absolutely. Well, one of the things that's exciting about the balanced scorecard, it is it is um, language agnostic, it is sector agnostic, it is geography agnostic, it is really applicable um, in in most any kind of situation I could think of. So mm-hmm. one of the things that Palladium does is that through, along with our founders, Bob Kaplan and, and Dave Norton, we have the uh, Balanced Scorecard Hall of Fame. And the Hall of Fame members include organizations as diverse as the Boys and Girls Club of Puerto Rico, mm. um, the Boston City Opera House, um, Cisco, uh, the FBI, the um, Inchon Seoul Airport, uh, most of the government ministries in Abu Dhabi, so it uh, it's got broad-based usage internationally as well as domestically, and it is applicable in in government organizations, nonprofit organizations, manufacturing service. It's um, it's it's really widely adopted, yeah. and the principles are really quite similar. In that you know you have you know you have an outcome you're trying to achieve. Maybe if you're a nonprofit, it's not necessarily a financial outcome. It could be a mission-based outcome. For example, my wife runs a school for kids with autism, and so their outcome isn't financial. Their outcome is sort of kids do better. Mm. Um, but then once you have your outcome, then you, of course, have customers. You, of course, have processes, and, of course, your employees need to learn and grow. Mm. So that that works throughout. One of the things that we do within Palladium is that we have um, what we call our certification boot camp. So it's a, it's a four-day program, and we hold it uh, cities around the world every year. We probably have about 25 sessions we do each year, uh, where we take people through a very deep dive in the framework. Mm. And the attendees in that range from government ministers and people at the Microsofts and the uh, Cisco's of the world to uh, to small business owners and entrepreneurs who are looking to start a business and want to use this as a vehicle to get there. So mm. while our consulting services focus on larger organizations, we we provide training services so that uh, so that the principles can be utilized by anybody. John, I have a a, a question, a clarity for my own sake. Is the balanced scorecard an add-on to our strategy, or is it our strategy? That's a great question. So the scorecard itself is not a it's not a way to create strategy. It is a way to measure the outcomes of your strategy and to help guide an organization to do the right things. So if you have developed a strategy already, um, and you know maybe it's a homegrown strategy, maybe you picked up a Mike Porter book or a Michael Tracy book or a Roger Martin book, or you read about Blue Oceans. I mean, if you have a framework that, that um, you have in place for guiding your strategy, for forming the strategy, then the balanced scorecard is a powerful vehicle to help you take that and break it down into parts that you can measure. Mm. Um, a lot of organizations that we work with, they've developed a strategy or they worked with another consultancy to develop their strategy and they're in their boardroom and they say, great, now what do we do? Yeah, right. so the balanced scorecard helps you translate it into specific elements that you can cascade throughout the organization. So um, the best practice implementations we've seen of balanced scorecards, you'll have a corporate scorecard and then let's say you've got three different divisions in your organization. So they would have scorecards that roll up into that and then you have your different functions which roll up into to those and then ideally 
um, you'd have a personal view so that each person in the organization knows what he or she needs to do in order to drive the strategic success of the organization. So one of the things we believe in philosophically is that strategy is not the job of the boardroom. Strategy is the job of everybody in the organization. Mm, I love and that. If, I love yeah, that. If, yeah. yeah, exactly. So if everybody in the organization is aligned around the strategy, you're going to win. Hmm. Uh, by the way, I'm a big fan of the Blue Ocean strategy. Um, I, okay. I read a book. I didn't impl- put it in place immediately, but I love that. <laughs> I love that thought process of the uh, the red ink versus the blue ocean. I think that's a yep. great opportunity. I, I love that. So I don't want to get sidetracked. Um, you've uh, referred to some good-sized companies. Is uh, Can a smaller, uh, can an HVAC, $5 million HVAC company in Boise use the balance scorecard? And how would they start? Um, sure, uh, uh, HVAC company in Boise could could use it. And actually, I have a colleague who's going to be heading uh, to a nearby city in, uh, in, okay. in, in just a few days. Okay. Um, so, um, but how would how would an organization start? Well, I think the you know the best place to get started if you wanted to use a balance scorecard is to you know go buy the book. Um, that would be and then make sure that you um, that you've got a good handle on uh, on what you know on the different dimensions and on the perspectives. And understanding the idea that you're, you know, you want to under focus on what are the first things we've got to do, processes, um, and and the employee development to support those processes to drive the outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in some sense, there's, there's a reverse engineering. So reverse engineering from your financial goals and objectives. And again, I'd say that one one challenge, and this ties back to strategy, a lot of organizations do confuse a financial goal growing 15% a year. They confuse that with a strategy. Your strategy mm-hmm. isn't to go, grow 15% a year. Your strategy is to delight your customers by providing better responsiveness, mm-hmm. lower cost, whatever it is. There you go. You can grow with that 15% a year. So I'd go. say that, you know, you want to begin with, so if you've got your financial measures, you want to begin with understanding what is it that my customers need from me and how am I going to uniquely satisfy those customers such that they choose me and not the other guy down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you've defined then what your customers need from you, then you can start to have a very intelligent conversation about the processes. What processes do I need for to, in order to be excellent? And then when you, as you define those things, then what what do I need to measure? How would I measure what is success in, we talked before about product innovation. So for mm-hmm. example, what is success in product innovation? Let's say it's you know, new product introductions every three months uh, with zero recalls or something like that. Mm-hmm. So those, mm-hmm. those would be two measures. So new products every three months, zero recalls on the products we introduce. Um, if you've got a, um, a cost-focused strategy, you might define um, uh, you know, process has to take two uh, percent cost, real real cost out of my system every year, right. and then you know break that down into um, into distinct elements, distinct um, initiatives that people are responsible for, and then how do you measure the success of those initiatives? So again, start with start with big picture objectives, break that down into parts, um, and then identify identify one or two ways in which you could measure that, and then have a target. Okay, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. here we are today. What what do we need to achieve um, in order to be successful? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we, we encourage organizations to do is to try to, if, if they can lay out their balanced scorecard in the 
picture we, we would call a strategy map. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lay, lay your scorecard out in a strategy map, then chart a causal diagram through your strategy map. So, Let's hold right there, John, because we need to wrap up, believe it or not. What's the best way people to reach out to you and connect with your group? Sure. Well, um, we're, our website is thepalladiumgroup.com, and there's a variety of um, ways on the website that you can ask for more information. We have white papers that organizations can download, um, send a message asking for particular help. Uh, that's, I'd say that's the easiest way. John, thank you so much for uh, being on the Business Builder Show. We've been speaking with John McClellan, and he is the CEO of Palladium Group. John, thanks so much. Okay, thanks a lot, Marty. Enjoyed it. Presenting the thought leaders of today. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. For your next regional or national meeting, are you looking for a professional facilitator to keep things on track so your meeting meets the objectives? Have you assembled a group of subject matter experts for a panel and you need a moderator who is skilled in keeping the conversation focused on what really matters? Do you want a speaker for your next meeting who will engage the audience in a way that makes the meeting fun and memorable? Marty Wolf of The Business Builder Show is available for your next important event. You can contact him at... 570-815-1626. Marty has facilitated hundreds of meetings in all kinds of settings. He has interviewed hundreds of CEOs, authors, professional speakers, and thought leaders from many different industries. Planning an important meeting? Want to feel confident you will achieve the results you planned for? Then call Marty Wolf at 570-815-1626. Or log on to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab, it's going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. (laughs) This is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in The Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. John McClellan, Palladium Group. You may want to check him out. Check out their organization. They have white papers. They have all kinds of information on the balance scorecard, at which I think is worth a deeper review to help you run your business. Because the article was packed, or not the article, the interview, Carrie, was packed with information and uh, maybe my fault. Maybe I heard him, hurried him a little too much. But listen to that again, which, by the way, you can listen to the entire show on businessbuildersglobal.com, and you can listen to that again. So let's let's get a little deeper, Carrie and Tom, into the balance scorecard. Let me give you what Wikipedia describes as the definition of the balance scorecard. And I say the Wikipedia description because different companies um, – in their consulting practices, talk about the balance scorecard and have a different viewpoint of it. Palladium Group, in my opinion, is the leader, but here's what it's described. 
how, how it's described. The balance scorecard is a strategy performance management tool, a semi-standard structured report supported by design methods and automation tools that can be used by managers to keep track of the execution of activities by the state by the staff within their control and to monitor the consequences arising from their actions heavy duty description what it says is you have to design your strategy you have to decide your vision what the balance scorecard does is provide guess what a scorecard Wow. To see if you're accomplishing said goals. Correct. And we did say that distinction. John did give us that distinction. You have, this is not a strategy. You have to decide which direction your company is taking for whatever reasons. You have to decide that. But what you have to do is keep the scorecard, have a dashboard to look at things. So I thought, Carrie, that it might be helpful. Well, I think it will be helpful because I believe any size business can be practicing these things. We're going to go back to what they describe as the first generation of the balanced scorecard. I'm not going to go into the depth, but this goes back many, many, many years. It goes back to scholars and business owners and uh, writers who came up with um, this thought process. And but the first generation, what's called the first generation, repeating myself, a balanced scorecard, they came up with the four perspective approach and ways to measure your implementation strategy. I'm going to read the four, Carrie, and then we'll kind of go deeper in all of them. Financial, customer, internal business processes and learning and growth. First thing they ask you to look at is financial. And what this talks about is identifying the few, few relevant high-level financial measures. John talked about some companies have tried to measure too much, try to look at too many things. And if you try to measure 300 things, (laughs) what ultimately does get actually measured? nothing sometimes or not enough because you don't know the critical few there's no depth there's no depth stay with that word there's no depth so you need to look at your financial measures and so the question that you want to ask yourself is in terms of the financial objectives how do you look to shareholders another word for shareholders are investors the people who have invested their money in you So what you want to look at and measure any size company uh, would be cash flow and sales or sales growth, your operating income, return on equity, those kinds of things. So, yeah, absolutely. It's a balanced scorecard where another key word is balanced because we're going to talk about other things. But you do need to look at your financial measures. Okay, so far, or am I boring the heck out of everybody? Are we okay so far, Gary? You're okay. You're okay. okay. But when we we talk about some of these financial measures, they can't be too dated. Because we talked about, you know, a lot of companies just look at what the quarterly numbers are. And that's in the rear view mirror. Right. You got to stay on the dashboard looking forward. What things contribute to that, to those results. That's what it's about. Great, great point. The other... Second thing in terms of the first generation of a balanced scorecard is customer. And when you're looking at this, uh, you want to identify the measures. um, You want to ask yourself the question, 
how do customers see us? How do customers see us? This is how you're kind of, well, how do they see us? And what are we going to change that? So this, you, this is so important because yeah. if your company does a few different things, they may only see you as, uh, let's say you're in the roofing industry. They might just think you're, you all you do is gutters mm-hmm. because that's all they've used you for was gutters and don't know about all the other aspects you can provide in a roofing setting. But you're just the gutter man. You, you need to look at, you need to be customer focused. Right. The, the read balances there because it's just not financials. You got to look at how do your customers see you? How do they rate you? Those kinds of things. Another thing you want to look at is your what's called internal business processes. Um, what must we be really great at? And what can you do about that? For instance, uh, if you're in a manufacturing setting, you may want to look, you look at cycle time. How long does it take you to manufacture something? You may look at um, your, your unit cost. Is that competitive? If, you're, if, you're, um, you know, if this is important for your customer to have a lower cost, are you looking at, is your internal business processes evaluating those things so that you can, in fact, reduce your cost? Again, making said, we have we have heads nodding in the studio. So, and think think if you're so great at cycle times and unit costs, but your receivables is terrible. All the great things you've done, you're losing money. You're letting it out on the street too yeah. long. Yep. Fourth point: learning and growth, which is again another important word, is balance. Just not financials. You want to look at all these different things. Learning and growth. This is where you you encourage. The identification of measures that answer the question, how can we continue to improve, create value, and innovate? Well, there's only one way you can do that, is continual learning and growth of all your associates, all your employees, whatever you, team members, whatever you want to call that. You've got to find the time for, for people to think to potentially go deep every now and then on, on a particular thing. We were ta- talking on the break about Google, and there's other companies who allow people time to think, not just to dream, but to think. Ongoing training. If you study successful companies, you'll see that they spend a lot of time, money, and effort investing in their associates and their employees so that they continue to... How can you improve cycle time if people don't know how to do it? How if you have the right people to do it. Well, yes, but the ongoing learning and teaching. So the fundamental principles of what's called a balanced scorecard is our financial, a customer focus, really looking at your internal business processes, and learning and growth. I would say there's one more. What is it? The internal customer. What well, do your employees have to say about your company? Well, that's a good point. And then that would be part of learning and growth. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I would suggest for you to start us, you can just Google um, Balanced Scorecard, but go to palladiumgroup.com and, and look at what John McClellan Company is doing because I see them as a leader. Again, there's all different kinds of thoughts and, 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 and information. There's all kinds of books. John suggested buying the book, and there is a book, a Balanced Scorecard. Uh, go on Amazon or wherever you find books and, and check out. This idea is applicable in any size business that you had, that you are involved with. So we set out to inform, educate, and inspire you and to encourage you to take, to take time to think. 
Tom and Carrie, thanks for your help in doing a show we are very proud of. And special thanks to our guest, John McClellan, and the CEO of Palladium Group. And again, his site is palladiumgroup.com. Get clear on your strategy or where you want your company to go and then use the balanced scorecard to stay on track. Um, Stay on track on where you want to go. Makes sense, right? Our next show will be, who do we have our next show, Tom? Jack Smalley. Jack Smalley is going to be our next show. We had some confusion on my part. Forgive me for that. You want to listen more carefully to the topics we covered today on all our shows, go to our website, businessbuildersglobal.com, businessbuildersglobal.com. Hope you come back next week. We have so much more to share with you. I'm Marty Wolf. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. I've owned my company for 14 years now, and I can tell you that payroll is a four-letter word. I hate doing it. It eats up hours I don't have, and it costs me money I could be saving. But my accountant's too expensive, and I'm not sure who to call. But I know I need help. We're Paychecks, and we take all the hassles out of small business payroll. We save you time and money. It's easy. Call, fax, or give us your payroll information securely online, and we take care of the rest. We calculate the correct taxes, manage payments and direct deposits. We even send out your checks. Payroll doesn't need to be a four-letter word anymore. We're so sure that we can save you time and money that we'll give you a month's payroll free. Just for calling 877-650-0277. Get one month's payroll for free. Call Paychex right now. 877-650-0277. That's 877-650-0277. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab, it's going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. <laughs> this is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the seven tenets of Taxi Terry.